Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So I got to tell you, I'm going to be brutally honest today and tell you that I have just recovered from what I like to call an emotional hangover. And, you know, I normally record my show on Monday nights and I even postponed to record the show one day later simply because I needed a little time to recover and just kind of integrate. So I do not want to alarm you because this is an emotional hangover or what I'm going to be talking about, about emotional hangovers and stuff, is of the best kind. And what I really wanted to do was fully share with you some really deep, and I'm going to say probably a little vulnerable, stuff about my personal journey because I think that it's really important for me to do that. And I'll tell you why. Because when I decided to put out this show, when I created Passionate and Prosperous, I had, first of all, you all in mind. And and the reason I had you all in mind or what that means when I say you all is, you know, you've heard me mention this before, but I, you know, spent almost 20 years, so almost two decades of my life in the yoga classroom, uh, teaching not only like regular, I say regular, like regular human beings, yoga, right? So people that just wanted to include yoga as one of the many things that they do in their life, as well as teaching uh, people that wanted to be teachers how to be teachers. So really, really invested a lot of, of my life in the yoga classroom in all of these different capacities. And, and because of that, of course, I pursued in a very major way my own yoga education, yoga practice, yoga like life, right? Like just really, I really feel like I'm someone who it really, you know, really went deep and 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 decided like if I'm going to teach this, I'm not going to teach it like a hobby. I'm not going to teach it as a, you know, like as a uh, frivolous activity, but I'm really going to be an expert in this and, and, and really, um, and, and walk the walk that I talk. And because I, so when I said I made the show for you, you know, I, I sat down in a yoga room, in a yoga classroom, like wherever that was in many places all over the world, um, and started every single class that I ever taught with some sort of a, like a little talk, you know, um, something to set the 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 class something to give everyone some sort of um 
direction even, right? Because as we know, as human beings, our brains are so active. So many thoughts come through our brains. So much is always going on. Life is is so challenging. And, you know, I was very aware from the moment that I started teaching yoga that when people came to their yoga class, whatever, after work or, you know, trying to run and do it on their lunch break, whatever, um, that everyone arrives with their thoughts. Everyone arrives with like their own shit that's going on. And I learned that the a really, really good thing to, to do was to start class by giving everyone something to ponder or think about or to input something into their brains that would allow them to release that human experience and those human thoughts and and just give something more elevated or more um, maybe it's just something that was more interesting to think about or something that that was more transformative, right? And so I got, I really did this for 20 years. And when I started the show, the podcast, and so therefore I have sat in front of groups of people like uh, hundreds of thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of people and actually talked about everything, literally everything everything, right? Because I became a yoga teacher and I don't know if I've ever told this on the show. I literally did my yoga teacher training. It began right after September 11th. And I lived in downtown New York, downtown Manhattan on September 11th. And the yoga studio that I went to at that time as a student and that I had just decided that I would take the teacher training program at was located in downtown Manhattan. And so we were really close. I mean, I watched I watched the towers fall with my eyes, literally, like standing on the street. That's how close we were. And as soon as like the downtown area like was open for traffic again, which for a little while it wasn't, um, and things resumed, and we kind of got to go back to quote unquote normal, whatever that is. Um, I basically began my yoga teacher training and I became a yoga teacher at the end of that year, the end of 2001. And one of the things that was like really interesting was being a teacher of this practice that's a very deep practice, right? I wasn't a teacher of, you know, like hot yoga or something. I mean, I, you know, I became a, a, a vinyasa yoga teacher and I, my, my teaching was really rooted in like yoga philosophy and spirituality and, and all the stuff. Um, and of course I was only a beginner teacher at that time. Like this is way before I had done years and years and years and years of more scholarly study. But what, but what happened at that time was I was, became a yoga teacher to a population of people that had PTSD and that were living in a time where they had literally not just like lived somewhere else in the country or the world and sort of had a second, third or fourth hand experience of 9-11, but who who really were living in 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 it, in the area. And I think it really informed so much of what I b- believed was my role or like what I was there to do. And what I definitely wasn't there to do was like kind of rev up or agitate people's 
nervous systems or like get them, you know, like kind of feed into that New Yorkie type A personality, but rather to do the opposite, to really um, to really guide people into a much deeper place of um, comfort and really tuning into like themselves because tuning into what was happening outside of themselves or what was in the outside world was actually kind of disturbing, right? And and you all know that experience. I think we all know the experience, especially nowadays, because what I'm talking about is something that happened over 20 years ago. And things have changed so much, even in the last two decades, that we all know that the experience of being um, Im- impacted and, and, and affected by everything that's constantly going on outside of us, like everything in the world, all of the, all of the tragedy, all of the drama, all of the trauma, all of the, 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 the natural disasters, the man-made disasters, like we're privy to these things all day, every day. And our nervous systems and our brains and like our human beingness were never designed for it. It was, we're just not designed to handle and hold all of it. And the permission that, that there, that there is, we'll just say in, in the world for people to act however they want to act and be however they want to be, regardless of how it impacts or, or, um, you know, uh, affects the people around them. Like, I think it's always been there. I think people have always done things and said things and been a way that didn't take other people into consideration. But I actually think that maybe it's even greater now than it ever was. And I'm sure that a historian or someone who's been alive longer than me will refute that and say, nope, like human nature is human nature. People have been acting the way they've been acting since the beginning of time. And I'm, I'm sure that that's possibly true. But what I'm just trying to kind of hone in on here is the idea that we live in a time where we're so um, bombarded with stuff from outside more so than ever before because of technology and everything that doing the work of understanding ourselves and our identity without the outside noise has become more and more difficult. Like it's, 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 it's a, it's, it's a greater challenge to, to understand ourselves not through the lens of what is outside of us. So the reason why I said, you know, I created this show with all of you in mind is because I spent 20 years sitting down in yoga classrooms, especially after 9-11, feeling that like my job as the yoga teacher wasn't just to like to have everyone do down dog, you know, and like a warrior pose, but was to really help everyone utilize these teachings and these practices, which are really the teachings of what to do with the human mind. Like the fact that our human brains are in discord or dissonance with our true selves. And what that means is that the way that our outgoing brains function the way that our, you've heard me talk about the, our brains on their default settings, the way our human brains work is that they don't, they don't work perfectly in alignment with us knowing and understanding our true nature and our true selves. And the very philosophy of yoga, and I've talked about yoga on the show before, is based in this idea 
that human beings mistake their true selves for their thoughts. This is just like the essence of yoga. And if you just really think about that as like a super simple thing, human beings mistake their thoughts for their true selves, true selves. It kind of like, it kind of covers so much. It's like the explanation for so much of what we experience on a personal level and then what we see like in the world, right? So I've always known that like my job as as anything, whether it was as a teacher of yoga or now as a transformational coach who teaches not only mindset um, and also helps. I mean, when I really think about what I do, even though I'm also a business strategy expert, right? This is what I title myself. Um, But the way I help people as a business strategy expert is I help them to be fully who they think that they're supposed to be, to use their gifts and their skills, right? Like my job to my, the way I think of my job to you is that you're listening because you're someone who has passion, gifts, skills, talent, and you want to use that. You want to know that you are living it, that you are using it to your fullest potential and that it's what you're using to make money so that you don't have to have all of this secret, pent up passion, belief, values, like all the things that like, you know, uh, uh, the things you love, the things you care about, what lights you up, what you think you're like intuitively good at that you want to be using that every day, that you don't want to have to go do something else for your work and make money and spend hours of your life doing something else and then have to find other ways, other outlets, other time to use this passion and these gifts and these skills of yours, right? And so the thing is, is that to be a person like us, to be a person who wants to wake up every day and be in the world using all of our gifts and skills, what goes along with that is that we have to be people who are consistently and constantly recognizing that human conundrum, which is that we will wake up every day and mistake our true selves for our thoughts every fucking day. There's a reason why there's this ancient thousands and thousands and thousands of year old philosophy based in this. It's not made up. It wasn't, it's not some newfangled fad, right? So the truth is, is that our identity, like our deep core identity, like who we know we are, which is the same as it's the, it's, it's the we, it's the, it's the self that was born. It's the, it's the self you were born into. Now you may have gotten better at stuff and you may have developed your gifts and skills and talent and all of that, but your true, authentic self, like who you are, who you're meant to be in the world, right? This S, this idea of yoga says, well, that's always there. It's always there. It can be fostered. It can be, you know, like enhanced and developed, but it's always there. But the way our human brains work is that they get really, really caught up in like safety and protection and fear and all of these things that are, that are, that were designed to protect us from being vulnerable, from being exposed, from having shit happen to us and essentially from dying, right? Like that's really what our brains were designed to, designed to do is to keep us alive. 
And so we wake up every single day with a brain that feels that its only job is to keep us alive. And then we also have this like deep core essence, our our deep soul of like who we know we're meant to be in the world that desires and craves fulfillment and joy and satisfaction and purpose, right? Like, and, and they're at odds with each other. And so when I, you know, again, I'll repeat, when I say I made the show for you, it's because when I moved out of the yoga classroom, right, and into coaching, um, the next most logical thing for me was to be able to continue to do what I had been doing for 20 years, which was making sure that every day of my life, part of my mission is to help human beings stop forgetting their true selves, stop confusing their identity, stop mistaking who they really are for thinking that they're, that they're their thoughts. And so even though we also talk about strategy on this show and business strategy and, 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 and best practices, and I try to give you like a lot of stuff about how to have a business and how to attract clients and how to be visible and how to grow your audience and all of that. The thing is, is that none of that makes sense or works if, if, if the one who's doing it is not either prepared to do it, ready to do it, if it's not coming from that deep core trust and knowing that that's what you're supposed to do, right? So if, if, if I as a coach say to you, put yourself out there, be visible, uh, take risks, do big things, try stuff you haven't done before. Don't worry about what everyone else thinks. Just fuck them, right? If that was all I did, then I would be remiss because I would be skipping over this really important part, which is the part where you can't just do all those things because you have a human brain that keeps forgetting that you are not your thoughts. And all of those fears and all the things that come up about what other people are going to think or imposter syndrome or the stories that you have, that we have, the feelings of unworthiness or thinking that we're too anything, too much of anything, too emotional, too this, too that. All of those limiting beliefs that form when, you know, like from experiences that we may have had at some point in our life where where somehow something made us think we can't be anything we want to be. All of that shit, right? Um, that if I didn't recognize that that was there and then say, hey, listen, it's not going to be easy to to be the the bold, audacious, courageous, you know, like person who just goes out and does everything that, that, that they want to do. If, you know, if I didn't acknowledge that, like, that we had to work on this on this piece, which I'm which I'm going to call our identity, then I would not be doing my whole job. So when I you know when I started the show, I I, I told myself this is not just going to be about business. This is not just going to be about you know like helping people to make money doing what they love uh, on a on a literal you know surface level. It, I'm going to do that by making sure that I, and the only way I can do this is that I said, I'm going to make sure that I bring everything to the table and that I share with you anything I've got. It's a, it's a no holding back because that's the only way I can serve you because 
I have to be the model and the living example of going through all of this work that has to be done to manage being human. And I'm not saying I'm the only one that does it. I mean, like, my God, there's like millions of people out there who who rigorously do everything they can to try and manage being human, thrive, you know, exceed all expectations um, and live their best lives. And that's what I want to do. And then I want to model that and represent that for you. And so the reason why I started the whole show by saying that I was coming off of like an emotional hangover was not because I had some something, you know, tragic or difficult happen, but I've had that too, just so we're clear, I've had plenty of those types of emotional hangovers, like a lot of them. But in this case, and I thought it was really important to to bring this to you because it was it was it was a different kind of emotional hangover. Um, and the kind that I think is actually essential if what you want to be, and and I'm just going to come out and say it, like if you want to be passionate and prosperous, if you want to be someone who looks at your life and your business and everything that you're doing and, and, and genuinely wants to say like, I am doing it. I am using, I'm, I'm full, I'm filling myself with the things that I'm passionate about, Um, And I'm using the things that I'm passionate about and I'm doing the things that I'm passionate about and I'm bringing all of that together to create a feeling of prosperity in my life. And that prosperity does come in the form of wealth and money as well as all the other types of prosperity, the feelings of abundance, being prosperous because you've put all of the things in place for yourself that make you feel the way that you want to feel that make you feel like you are living in a life of love and support and fun and pleasure, you know, all of those things. So I just got back from, so I had two things and I think the emotional hangover was sort of this like compound. And so I'm going to tell you both because I think it's really important. So the first thing is that I went to a retreat with my coach. So I you know, ever, so even before I became a coach, I just want to say, and I might've said this before, like when I was a yoga teacher and taking my yoga teaching seriously, and in order to be a great yoga teacher, you have to, you have to take your own practice seriously, as well as take your responsibility seriously for the fact that you're teaching other people, right? So I've always chosen to do things my whole life that require for me to sort of like, you know, master the art of it for myself so that I can master the art of guiding and teaching other people. And so even when I was a yoga teacher and poor, like a a broke actor yoga teacher, (laughs) that's like a a good portion of my life, broke actor yoga teacher, okay? Um, No matter what, I did everything I could. When I figured out after I did my initial teacher training, when I figured out that um, who I really saw as my, like kind of my teacher, like my big teacher, my mentor, when I figured out who that was, and it's a famous teacher, his name is Rodney Yee. um, I did everything I could to be in the room with him. He didn't live in New York at the time. He lived out in the Bay Area and he would come to not even, he would come to New York City once in a while, but he also went to this like, yoga studio in like Northampton, Massachusetts, like 
nowhere near New York City. Um, for years, I did everything I could. If he was going to be in New York or if he was going to be in Massachusetts, I made it my fucking business to be there. No matter what. I was, I did not have money. No matter what. I went. Five, and that meant I had to take off from teaching and or work. I was, you know, there were times that I was a yoga teacher and a cater waiter, you know, like doing all the jobs. And in order for me to go to like a training in Northampton, Massachusetts for like five days, I would have to take off work. So that means I wasn't making money and spend money to go do it. But I always knew that that was like what I had to do. Like I would never not go do it. And I would never not come back changed. I would never not come back. And not only my own personal practice, my own deepening of my understanding of yoga uh, for myself, my deepening of my identity, deepening of my understanding of the way the brain works and the way the subtle body works and the way the heart, like not just the physical heart, but the way that like the, the heart space works, like everything, everything. I would also come back as a different teacher, right? As, a, as, as different for my students, different, different. The layers of understanding were so subtle that it could only be conveyed by teaching. It wasn't even something to be explained, right? I did that for my whole time that I ever was teaching yoga. I never stopped investing in myself as well as in, because, and you've heard me talk about this. The investing is not just the money. The investing is the time and the energy. And I never questioned taking the time no matter what, no matter what, if I didn't make money or, you know, whatever to, to do that. And then cut to, you know, I become a coach and the place where I did my coach training was a virtual school. And at the time, this was before the pandemic, this was starting in 2017. At that time, they did two live events per year, like conferences for all the coaches that were in the program or that had ever done the program. Everyone was welcome. It was this big conference with like 800 people showing up, you know, to like, you know, a conference at a hotel or whatever. And again, the first one I ever went to was when not only was I so stressed out about money, I was doing fertility treatments, blah, blah, but I was in a massive toxic breakup from the yoga studio that I was the owner of and that I was parting ways. Um, and it was very stressful. And they were like trying to like really like fuck me over about like my the money that I would get and all this stuff. And man, my my anxiety and stress levels were like off the charts. And guess what? When I found out about the live conference at, at the, that first one was in Dallas, you bet your ass I made it there. Flew there, stayed in the hotel, took off from work, all the shit. Why? Because I knew that whenever I put myself into concentrated situations like that, there was going to be an opportunity for me to, to do an identity check is the best way to put it. Not an identity check, but that I would have the opportunity to, to be out of that outgoing brain and more in the true self. That those were the opportunities to flip the narrative from human brain to like true self. 
And I take those opportunities every chance I can get. And so ever since I've been a coach, I've done that other than even during the pandemic, I was in a mastermind with a coach. And so we had our, our one, you know, one of ours virtually. Well, our first one was in person <laughs> the weekend of the lockdown of the pandemic. So and then after that, we had virtual whatever. And then as soon as in person came back, there I was with my I have a different coach now. So I literally would never not do something that I knew was going to be an opportunity for me to invest the time and energy in a transformational situation because even though I do my own work all the time and I think I walk around with a level of awareness that maybe your average person doesn't, that I have always known that putting myself in environments where there are other people, like-minded people, who are also wanting to do work at this level on themselves so that they can show up in the world the way that they want to, so that they can be who they want to be, so that they can have personal growth and development, so that they can, and we're going to talk in a moment about the, 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 like the healing and trauma and all the shit that gets sort of like mixed in with our, like the identity work is it's all at once. And I'm going to talk about that. But in order to really have massive acceleration and massive growth when it comes to your own personal growth and development, you can do that work alone. You can do that work even like in a therapy with, with a single therapist or a single coach. But the rapid acceleration and the major breakthroughs come when you put yourself in a community or a group of people and where you're being seen and where the reflection that you're getting back to yourself is the one that helps to replace any old story or limiting belief that was ever embedded or imprinted in you because you got a shitty reflection or external message from someone who is basically a selfish asshole. And I think that it's really important that you get to know that there are a lot of people out there in the world that are not aware of how they, well, you know this, <laughs> like this ranges from literally like, like horrible people that do bad things to even people that are seemingly innocent that don't think they're doing anything bad, but because they're a human being and because they're also mistaking their true self for their thoughts that they say or do things that they might, they may intend to hurt you and they may not even know that they're hurting you. But the bottom line is that we all walk around with some range of shit that's happened to us. And I'm not taking away from the fact that there's a huge spectrum of that, right? Some things that are like horrible and traumatic, and then some things that are just seemingly innocent, but that stick with you and leave something, a residue in your brain, in your consciousness, in your identity that keeps you from believing that you can be whatever you want to be or that you can do whatever you want to do or that it's safe to be your true self. And very often, the only way to change that is to put yourself in very, very, very 
rich environments with individuals who are going to give you a different reflection and a different story to the point where you, it, it, it has to replace the old thing. So for me, I feel really strongly that that's being in certain, and, you know, sometimes I've referred to it as like tribes, right? Like I feel like I went to a sleep, um, a performing arts sleepaway camp my whole life and my whole life, <laughs> I don't go now. I don't know why I say that. My whole life, you know, my like from when I was like nine until I was 16. So I don't know. Is that my whole life? Um, but that experience and the reflection of me in that environment was unbelievably positive. And that contribution to my identity is one that I hold really sacred and that I want to to be able to call upon even when I may have had other experiences at other times in my life that were not, that didn't reinforce that particular version of who I think I am. So I go to this conference in Chicago with my coach, knowing it's called Women Starting Movements, knowing that I'm not only going to be in this like very empowering room of women that are all there with missions, with purpose, everyone's there to break through whatever level they're at to get to the next level. Because if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be someone who's doing big things, if you want to make a lot of money, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to forge your own path, essentially, if you want to be who we all are listening to this show, passionate and prosperous, then you know that you're constantly having to up-level your identity. And it's not that you're changing who you are, that's not what up-leveling your identity is. It's the reason I gave you this whole backstory is so that now I can reference this to you easily. It's remembering who you are on a deep core level and remembering that your thoughts are just thoughts and your beliefs are just beliefs and your stories are just stories. But you see, you have to be willing to know that and do whatever you need to do to Oh, to kind of override whatever the thoughts, beliefs, and stories are at any given time that's keeping you from getting to the next level. And you may decide like that you're done with that and you're like, I'm good. This is where I want to stay. And I like this level. I'm just going to hang out here. And that's okay. No judgment. But if there's a part of you that's like, there's more, there's more. I want more. I believe I can keep doing more, have more impact make more money, nothing wrong with making more money. It's a good thing. Money opens a lot of doors. It makes a lot of things possible. And if you desire it and want it, there's nothing wrong with that. But what you probably find is that in order to increase your wealth or increase your your money, you have to increase something else, right? You have to, you have to change something else in order to be able to be the person who takes the actions that are going to get those results, so I go to Chicago knowing, like, I know I go. It's not like I go and I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like, do deep work. No, I just know that that's what is going to happen because I also know what happens when I put myself in an environment with other people who are going to see me in the way that I know I want to be seen 
But sometimes I forget that I can be seen that way. And it, it and and the really interesting thing is it has nothing to do. Like I know that there are some people out there that don't live with either partners or families or or even friends that see them they want to, them the way they want to be seen. I do not have that that problem. I have worked really hard to surround myself only with people who see me the way I want to be seen. I have the most supportive, incredible husband, partner um, who believes in me sometimes more than I believe in myself, um, who supports everything that I do, everything I say. I know how lucky I am because I know that there are so many people out there that don't have it. And yet, even with what I have at home, I still know that there's something different for me when I put myself in a room full of women, first of all, like not, and I have nothing against men and I coach men and I'm not a man hater, but there's definitely something different about being in a, in a room full of women. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're a man, this may not apply to you. Um, but knowing that when I go to this, I'm also there with my coach who I particularly choose. Like this is my coach for a lot of reasons. And it's, she's my coach because I look up to her because she's my mentor. She's my friend. I have so much respect for her. I see possibility for myself because of what she's created for herself. This is so important that we all have access to this in our, in our lives. I know that I am that for my clients. And then I know that I need that for myself. And and I know that going to this environment is going to um, allow me to be that that version of myself that sometimes my thoughts make me forget. So what I didn't really put together was going to this trip at this particular time was going to be this like perfect storm of massive identity shifting. And the reason for that is that you may know that, and if you're listening to this episode in real time, today would be November 9th when we release this, 2022. And in two days on November 11th, we're going to be at Passion and Prosperous Live, which is my two-day event that I'm putting on here in New York City. It's also virtual. If you're listening to this and you want to join us. I, you might be able to still get a ticket. Um, but I've been planning this event and this was a major, major big thing for me to do. It's a big investment. It's completely stepping into a new thing for me. It's a, it's a, it's, it's not like I haven't done other big things, but not this. And it has required a tremendous amount of work to see myself as being able to do this. Um, Whenever we want to do something completely new, completely different, outside of our comfort zone, we need to match our identity with it. We need to do identity work because we will always have stories and beliefs that are clouding our true selves and our true nature, which is the part of ourselves that can do all these things that we want to do and believe in ourselves and see our possibilities and come from the greatest place of authenticity and believing in all of our light and our gifts, 
right? Gifts are not something that you have to like manufacture, right? Gifts are what the universe gave you. You have them. We all have them. And yet our human brains will make us forget that we have them. Our human brains will even make us forget that we get to use our gifts and that there's no there's no cost associated, right? I've literally had to work on myself and with clients who feel that it's not okay to charge for their services if it's something that they just naturally know how to do well that someone else doesn't. That's a fucking gift, you guys. That's a gift. You have gifts. I have gifts. We have gifts. That means the universe was like, hey, you get to have this. You just get to have this for free. No strings attached. Do what you want with it, right? So sometimes though we forget that. So, you know, I'm putting on this big event and it's been, it's been a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm here to be transparent. I'm here so that you don't think that I'm trying to make it seem like it's all magic over here and flowers and butterflies and everything I do goes off smoothly and it's perfect and people come flocking to me and I just make bazillions of dollars in my sleep. Like, that is not who I'm here to be. You all, most of you know that about me by now, right? I think it's why you like me. I, I'm not here to be that person. I'm not here. I'm also not here to make it seem like everything sucks and like life is hard and you should, you know, just succumb to all the challenges and difficulty. I'm here to say, listen, like everything, everything takes effort and it's worth it. It's worth it. All the crying, I cry and I'm about to talk about crying, Um but I have tantrums. I have all kinds of shit that goes on over here, but I know how to get out of it. I know how to like manage it. I know how to not let it take me down or last too long, but I'm a human. And so anyway, so I go to this event and I really, I've been really working a lot on our event. And, you know, so I show up and I walk into this room and I had to go a day into the event just because of my schedule. And, you know, I walk in and there's a lot of women that I already know that I only see at these events. And then there's all these new people. And then there's my coach and blah, blah, blah. And like, I see my coach and, you know, and I start crying. Right. And I'm like, but it's not like I'm crying, like sad crying. I'm like, and I don't, it's like, I don't even know if I'm happy crying. It just was like this, like this, like, this emotion, you know, this like emotion that welled up from inside of me. And I'm like saying hi to her and I'm hugging her and I'm like crying. And I'm even thinking to myself, like, why am I crying? Like, what's wrong with me? So, okay. So whatever. So then, you know, move on and, you know, something else happens and I see someone else and then like the conference is happening. And then, then like something else happens and I'm like, and I'm sharing, maybe I was sharing or whatever. And then I'm like, and then I'm welling up with tears. And I'm starting to think to myself, oh, my God, like everyone here is going to think I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm like, why am I so emotional? Like, why, why do I keep crying? You know, then so this was the first time that I was meeting in person these women that I'm now in a mastermind with. Right. So like we were at like a bigger event that my coach puts on. And then there was a smaller subset of us that ju- that just started being in a mastermind together with my coach, and we've only ever met on Zoom. So on the second night that I'm there, my coach has a party at her house, which is a brand new house that she bought. And my coach is like, she's like, you know, really, really doing well now. And I've been with her for a while, and she bought this gorgeous house. So like, she has a party at her house. We go to her house. I walk in her house, and I'm like. 
hugging her to tell her how beautiful her house is, and I'm fucking crying. <laughs> then she has a piano player there. She has a piano at her house. She has a piano player. The piano player is playing music, and I'm like, now I need to tell you, those of you, you know, you know that, that I was a professional performer. I was on Broadway. Um, you know, my whole my whole life. I somehow I want to say my whole life today all the time. I was on Broadway. I was in theater. I was a performer. It feels like my whole life. Um, but I have only sung like for myself and basically in the car and for my husband, like in the last, I haven't sung like for an audience, like in public for like over 10 years. Like just cause my life has not cause I like didn't want to, but just like, I haven't had the opportunity. I haven't sought out the opportunity. I was owning a yoga studio. Then I was starting a coaching business, whatever. Um, there's a piano player there and there's all these women that some who I already know and some who I'm getting to know. And like somehow I decide that like it's okay for me to like sing a song by myself in front of these people. And I'm the kind of person that like will never sing unless like it's the perfect environment. I need like a good piano player. Like I'm never going to like sing acapella or some shit like that. And here I am and I'm singing I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis, if you know that, which I haven't sung probably in 30 years. And somehow my coach loves that song. It's on the piano. And I'm like, and, you know, she has this, the song lyrics printed out. And I'm like, I'll sing that. And then I sing this like big fucking Broadway ballad, like for these women that I don't know. And they were so appreciative. And then I tell them, and this is the next part of the story, that that on Sunday, this was on Thursday, on Sunday, I'm going to go see a production of Annie, which if you don't already know, I was in the original production of Annie in 1979 that I'm going to see a production of Annie on Sunday that my friend who was in the show with me in 1979, who is now a director, directed. And I'm going with three of the other women who were orphans in the show with me. And as I'm telling them this story, I start crying. And I am literally like, what the fuck is going on with me? Like, why? Um, why is this the fifth or sixth time that I have started crying? And this is so not me. And I'm, you know, and so of course I'm like, I'm a little embarrassed. I'm a little bit like, and then I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just going to be here. I'm in a safe environment. And then we do these Oracle card pulls and my friend who's a psychic pulls an Oracle card, reads my card, tells me that my father who died when I was 19, is there like giving me a message. You might not buy into this, but I do. And then I'm like crying again. So if I could tell you that I spent like three days crying, then I go to the Annie show, like I just told you. And of course, I'm like overwhelmed. My husband is getting to see the show for the first time, the way that like it's really meant to be seen. I'm with these women who are such a huge part of my identity. Not that like I define my whole self because I was an Annie, but that was an unbelievable reinforcing experience and shaped such a big part of my identity. And then I'm getting to be with these women who were part of that. And I'm getting to be like reminded of that part of myself. And it's really emotional. And I'm crying. So by the time it became Monday and I was like, oh my God, I have to record an episode of the show. I literally called my producer and I was like, I can't do the show. I need a day. I just need to like process and integrate. 
And so here I am, and I'm and I and I told you all these stories, and this is why. Because being a human being is really, really, really complex. And the stuff that you take in, the stories that you take in about yourself, the the all of the limiting beliefs that get formed, and I have plenty of them, right? All of the stuff that that makes you think that maybe you shouldn't do those big risky things. All of the things, all of the shit that you have to get through and over in order to keep becoming more your true self, that perfect soul, heart-centered, amazing you that has purpose and mission and 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 that has to use your gifts. Like that person is never not there. And yet your thoughts and your brain get full and crowded with a lot of stuff, good and not so good. And when you do the work that, and so I'm just saying, I've been in a very major period of having to rewire or undo some of the limiting beliefs and the stories, shit that's been coming up for me lately. And I've shared some of it on, on the show, you know, like I, when I went to see Annie and I was thinking about this unbelievably positive experience and this thing that I got to do for two years and be in like a Broadway show that every little kid on earth wanted to be. And guess what I also think about? I also think about how when I was in junior high school and still in the show, like when I was in seventh grade, that like all of these girls decided that it wasn't cool to be an Annie and bullied me and ostracized me. So I have a a, a, a mushed memory of this unbelievably positive thing that that let me know how talented and special and bright I was. And it's entangled sometimes with this fear that if other people find out how talented I am or see me being talented, that that's going to backfire and that they're going to bully me, right? Or I open a yoga studio and I have these business partners. And at some point in that partnership, my business partner doesn't like that I don't have the same vision as her and decides that I'm not a good entrepreneur and that she's going to torture me until I leave the business. So the story of I don't know how to have an be an entrepreneur, I don't know how to make money, I don't know how to run a business, guess what? I could have let that interfere with my growing a multiple six-figure coaching business, but I've been doing tons of work to not let that, that story that someone else told me impact me. And doing this big event, right? I could have gone to... Chicago and looked for evidence of why other people, other women are doing bigger things and better things and are more successful than me. And I could have seen that and allowed it to make me think that who the fuck am I? What am I doing? And it could have made reinforce the idea that like they're they're better than me or they're more successful or they know how to do it and I don't. Or why would it feel like a big deal to me? You know, for everyone else, it's easy. But instead, I used the opportunity to know that I was actually there to do the core identity work where I was putting myself in an environment for people to reflect back to me what the part of my identity that is the most true and that is the most important for me to be in touch with and for me to see. 
So you see, the thing is, is that all of that shit is, is all in one place. So when you have to do the work of to, to, to heal or to release from trauma or to get over people not supporting you, growing up in a household, this is not me, but I know that people grow up in a household where, where they're not encouraged to follow their dreams and their hearts, where, where you're told stories about yourself or the limiting beliefs that you have came from external, um, you know, like messaging. Or maybe you've had experiences that didn't turn out the way that you wanted and you allowed that to define you, right? All of that, along with all the stuff like me that that has happened to you that has that has put you in touch with who you really are, it's all in there and it's mushed together. And so when I was thinking about why was I crying so much, right? This is like where this is all going. Because I was like, I was like, because it's emotional to to excavate, to disrupt to break up all of that shit that's sitting in there because in order to get to the gold and the good stuff, all that other shit is there too. And it's just emotional. It doesn't have to be bad emotional. It doesn't have to be sad emotional. It doesn't have to be, but but I think that what I really wanted to come on here and tell you today is that it that being emotional, crying, giving yourself putting yourself in situations that may end up being cathartic, um, making sure and being intentional to surround yourself with people who help you to remember who you truly are. Because it's not always easy to do it yourself is what you have to do if what you really want is to keep on being able to do more things and bigger things and take risks and make big changes because you need that reflection. And when you put yourself in the eyes of other people who believe in you, and I do think that that's a big part of what I experienced when I was in Chicago, too, was like, I choose to be in this community of of women, especially with my coach, because I know how important it is to have other people who are willing to uphold the vision for me at any time that I may not feel that I can uphold it or hold it up for myself. And I'm not saying that that's every day, all day, and that's too much of a responsibility to put on other people if you haven't done the work that yourself, right? But if you've, if you're doing it and you've got the vision and you've got, you're doing what you need to do every day to be like, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be resilient. I'm going to make sure that I do not let anyone else's story or their own fucked up. Look, I have so many stories of people in my life, not now because I got rid of them, but I have plenty of stories about toxic or narcissistic people who tried to take me down, who didn't like when I was shining my light. Okay. And I got rid of them. And 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 I did that because I did not want the burden of having to fight against that like all the time, right? But when you've done that, and when and so the, what I what I was saying was, it's not like I'm surrounded by those people and had to escape to Chicago, but going to a concentrated environment for that period of time in order 
to have that accelerated experience of an identity shift so that I could become once again more my true self as I am stepping into this bigger role, doing this event, being a leader, wanting to do bigger things, knowing that I I will be a speaker, I will be an author. I have so much more to do. And I think you do too. And the reason why I'm sharing all this with you is because I want you to know that in order to do all the things you want to do, you you have to embrace, enjoy, look for and put yourself in situations that are going to help you to keep doing the identity work. And the identity work doesn't mean, again, that you're changing your identity. We're not talking about like going into like witness protection here. We're talking about the fact that your human brain confuses your identity. Your human brain forgets that your only real identity that's the most important one for you to connect to is your amazing, authentic, true self that is gifted and that knows how to experience happiness and joy and that believes in yourself and that knows that you're fully supported by the universe and that you can do big things and you can do hard things. And that as a human being, you're designed to be able to withstand whatever happens, loss, death, things that don't go the way that you thought they were going to, things that happen in your life, things that happen outside of your life, this, your personal life, I mean, things that are happening in the world that you are designed to be able to to live in this world. And you're not here to live in this world to be miserable, to be held back, to have your light dimmed. You're not here to to be silenced, to be quieted. You're not here to be made to think that like your ideas and your dreams are are stupid or that you can't do them. You're not here for anyone to make you think you can't have a thriving business, that you can't make six figures, that you can't write a book, that you can't have a podcast, that you can't be anything that you want to be, that you can't write your own show, that you can't be a performer, that you can't make art, that you can't, you, you have to do it. But there's going to be a lot of things that are going to make you think that you can't. And that's why it's so important that you embrace all the stuff that stirs stirs you and challenges your identity, even if it overwhelms you with emotion like me and makes you cry and you don't know why. And you just have to know that that is very possibly, and this is what I believe, is 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 you having the experience of of unleashing, of opening, and of making room, right? Releasing and letting go and experiencing like catharsis, you know, and 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 the moments that you that you see yourself in possibility when other people see you that way, it's very moving. And you have to allow yourself to have all of that. If you try to hold in your emotion and you try to hide from those experiences, you're just gonna be like a like a combustible you know, and it's all just going to be pent up inside of you. So I'm sharing all of this with you because I, 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 I want you to embrace and look for the opportunities that, that are presented to you to go into environments where you can have these kinds of experiences, these reminders, these reminders of who you truly are. And they're there. Because for as many experiences that you think you've had that tried to show you that they're not, that that it, that it's not there, you've had a lot of experiences and you have a lot of reason to know that that true self, 
all of the reflection that you've ever had about who you really are and how amazing you are and how talented you are and how smart you are, you have to be willing to find the people who will see you as that so that you can be reminded when your human brain is very, very determined to forget. And that's how your human brain is designed. So I mentioned briefly that Passion and Prosperous Live is happening. I know it's in two days, but if you're listening to this anytime on November 9th and 10th, 2022, I'm giving you an opportunity to have what I just had, what I just shared. And that's what happens at these events. So if that sounds good to you and it's still time, there's enough time, join us. If not, if it's too late, if you're listening to this too late or you couldn't come for whatever reason, then just know that I will provide these opportunities for you in the future. This is only the first of many because I know that as the leader of the Passion and Prosperous community, it is my job to provide you with what I just shared, right, as my experience. You must have that. And if it's not with me, it just should be with someone else. But we need mentors. We need these. We need to know who our people are. And we need to be able to surround ourselves because of this big real thing, which is that your human brain will keep forgetting your true self unless you do something about it every single day, unless you remind yourself. And the daily reminders are good. But sometimes you got to go all in like what I just described so that you can stir it all up so that you can release wounds or old shit that you don't need anymore, right? To make room for all of what you really need to be calling on in order to keep doing the things that you want to do. And that all begins with who you need to be. So that's what I have for you today. And I hope that at some time in our lives, in our future together, I have no intention of going away. By the way, um, the show just had its one year birthday, right? So I think that this episode, it might be episode 53 or something. Um, and I have no intention of going away, um, which means that we will have opportunities to come together um, if you would like, um, because I believe that having a community that you feel safe, seen, and heard in is essential to succeeding and getting, not just getting through, but getting to live your absolute best life, which in in our world is the passion and prosperous one. So I'm sending you lots of love and I will be in your headphones with you next week of course. And until then, bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, Life is hard, and there's always something you can do about it.